So our next guest is someone that I have been wanting to have on our show for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I follow her on social media and I'm always just kind of blown away by the things that she speaks on and talks about. And I'm just so excited to have Joy Kimmett here with us today. And she refers to herself as an artist and a troublemaker. But I think she's the best kind of troublemaker because she's someone that I think is pointing out sort of blind spots maybe in front of other people and also has a way of talking about topics that are sensitive or difficult in a way that I think brings people together and finds unity in in, in tough situations. So for that, I, I'm just so excited to have you on. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Aww. <laughs> I just love what you're wearing too. I, I'm so bad whenever I start these. I know we're supposed to like talk about Literally, all this stuff, she but talks I'm like, about she just shoes. looks so pretty. Oh, <laughs> just loving this wrap. Okay. The whole thing. You look beautiful. <laughs> so Joy, um, thank you again, once again, for being on our show today. And we were just wondering, like, can you tell us a little bit about when you say artist and troublemaker, what exactly you mean? I, I think I, I I like to have a long list of titles. If if you've ever read my bios, I have a long list of titles behind my name. But I try to wrap it up in um, two in, in in two words for you: artist and troublemaker. Artist. I think that being an artist means that I'm always creating. Um, it doesn't matter um, whether or not I'm uh, doing it in an activist way, sort of like. Um, doing a water drive or raising money for back to school or whatever. Everything that I'm doing is um, about creating the world that I want to see and the world that I want to live in. Um, so I live my life like that. So I would say that makes me an artist. And um, I think Troublemaker <laughs> is, uh, I, I, I like Rumi a lot and that might be, you know, a little bit, corny nowadays because Rumi has been taken and quoted everywhere with, you know, but there's this one, one poem and he says, I want a troublemaker for a lover. Mm. And I think that it's important that we, uh, as people don't shy away from troubling the waters mm. and, uh, making, making things uncomfortable sometimes so that we can get to the truth in the heart of the matter. Um, so yeah, artist and troublemaker. I think that's a beautiful way of explaining Wow. We that. could just end right there. Let's just I mean, stop because I don't think it's going to, we're stop. not going to add anything. How at this are point. we going <laughs> to, Let's what just, let's just let you talk for the next honestly, 30 minutes and we'll be, I back. was just going to say what you're talking about is crucially important right mm -hmm. now in the political climate that we're in. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, some specific things that you've seen or that you've done um, to try to make people feel a little uncomfortable, get them out of their comfort zone and, and, and reconsider their perspectives. You know, is that, I mean, that's a tall order, I know, but maybe you could talk a little and bit about it. do it in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, what are some of the things that you see as the most pressing or immediate needs in that area? And calls to action. Yeah. Um, I think that being a... Uh, black person, a queer person, a mother, um, in the world, it's, it's, there are, pri privilege is something that just doesn't, it means that you don't see things. Right. And it means that the way that the world functions is invisible to you in a lot of ways. And I mean, as an American, right, I'm an American, as an American, 
is somebody who um somebody who lives in a city and somebody who has different privileges in different ways, there is a lot of pain um, in the world that happens in order to make my life comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even from, you know, probably what I'm wearing um, to being able to go and pick up fruits in any season that I want and whatever fruit that I want it, you know, my life is pretty comfortable compared to other people's in the world and the functions that make my life comfortable me may also make that pain invisible, which Mm -hmm. means that because I can go to Walmart 24 hours a day and pick up reasonably healthy food and do it in a way that, you know, is clean and is bright and is pretty. I don't have to, really reckon with what it took to get those grapes there, what it took to get the oranges there, whatever. Um, and I think similarly that within this country, that there are mechanisms that have obscured violence and pain um, to so that to the extent that we're here today and a lot of people are asking, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we've gotten here because I think that we've gotten here to this political climate, to this flashpoint, because a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of violence has been obscured for a long time. Um, so I think that my work is not necessarily when I when I think about talking about um, um, racism or white privilege or white supremacy or anything that's happening, it's not necessarily to point out, hey, you know, there's a there's there, there's a Clan rally, or hey, there, um, you know, this this happened in Charlottesville, because I think that there are a lot of people that are doing that, and that work is important. But it's more so, you know, um, hey, if you're not, if you are making, if you're not speaking about this, if you're being silent, mm-hmm. um, then you're white supremacist. Your neighbor with white supremacist tendencies that's on stormfront.org at one o'clock in the morning just browsing the threads is not going to feel uncomfortable with the fact that he has those tendencies mm-hmm. or that she has those tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that we bring things to the light, the more that we converse about um, uh, the privileges that we have taken for granted. And the, and the blind spots that we don't own, the more that we can love each other better. You can't love me if you can't see how the things that you do can harm me. And I can't love you if I can harm you without unwillingly or unknowingly. It's interesting because on social media, when you're able to write you know, and I know you're a writer as well, you're really able to say things in a, in a bold sense. Do you think sometimes in person, as opposed to when you're in that space, do you feel like a duality or a difference in, in how you want to, how you want to portray these issues? Because when you're writing them, you can write them in a different context as opposed to when you can sit and speak about them. Well, no, not necessarily. Writing, writing, takes a lot of effort. 
Yes. It's not that, and I think that everybody that knows me in real life mm-hmm. knows that I'm, I, I think that people consider me to have a certain amount of integrity. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything online that I wouldn't say in person. And I'm pretty much the way I don't I don't see myself as actually being different. I think that people generally get more concentrated um, sort of ideas of what's sort of floating around Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like right now I'm speaking to you. So I'm like on a train of thought. But when I'm online, I'm like, okay, let me edit that. Let me go back. Let me make the sentence more condensed so it can get more to the point. Uh Um, Yeah, I'm not necessarily I, 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 I have the same sort of. Um, position or um, I have the same sort of um, wanting people to understand mm-hmm. online as I do in person. It's just it's a different medium. Yeah, it's a different medium. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I always find so interesting about writing mm-hmm. because as you were talking, I could almost see you like it's almost like you're writing in your head, right? Because okay. I think because we all write, so yeah. it's like when we have conversations, I'll be talking. I'm like, that's not how I want that to come out, but yeah. I already just said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're on online, whether it's with a blog or an article that you've written for a publication, or your or your Facebook or your Instagram, it's like you can be more deliberate in how you yeah. speak about things. So when when you're focused on something like sanctuary, for example, mm-hmm. what was the reason you wanted to? Pr- create a space like that? Well, Sanctuary Pittsburgh is um, actually a collaboration between myself, um, my organization, which is Tabernacle of, Immaculate, Tabernacle of Immaculate Perception, and Michael's organization, which is Garden of Peace Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, Michael serves... Um, and for people who don't know, just tell us his full name, because I know... Michael him. David Battle. Okay, thank you. It's my partner. Hey. <laughs> oh, she just you. got all smiling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, so the Garden of Peace Project, as you know, serves uh, mainly queer and trans people of color in Pittsburgh. And um, Tabernacle of Immaculate Perception is more of an informal thing, but um, serves black women in films in Pittsburgh. Um, and my work has been uh, healing work for a very long time um, and offering healing spaces, creating healing spaces, retreats, healing classes, workshops for black women in films. Um, and Michael's work similarly, but in a different way, has been about healing as well. So we were like, hey, this is great. We can, you know, this is where our work sort of intersects. Mm-hmm. And we really wanted to create a space where um, people could come and feel like they had space to dream Mm -hmm. um and our tagline is a space for black dreamers and i I think that's so important because i think what oppression does to people and especially internalized oppression but oppression generally is it takes away people's capacity to imagine Mm -hmm. um in the bible because I, I was Christian for a very long time, so I often quote the Bible. But in the Bible, it says, my people perish for lack of vision. Mm. And I think that it's very important that um, that as we talk about all of the material effects of oppression and you know violence, that we also talk about what happens to people internally 
um, when they're told or when they've been taught that they can't be or they can't do or they can't, yeah. you know, or that their existence is threatened. Um, so sanctuary was a space for people to be like, for, for us, sanctuary was a space for us to say to people, hey, you know, whatever else is happening in the world, you can come here. You know, you can draw, you can create, you can um, have a healing circle. We can do the things that make you feel like your existence means something. Um, because in the world, a lot of times our existences don't mean things, don't mean anything. So for you personally, what is what are some of the things that you do for self-care? Self-care. <sighs> <laughs> Um, I go on vacations. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. I, I, I have to get out of this city every mm-hmm. so often because yeah. it's being, I, I don't, a lot of times, and you see me on social media a lot, a lot of times I'm really not responding to national mm-hmm. things as much because it's so overwhelming. That's um, exactly the word I was thinking, overwhelming. Yeah. And then, but then when I, when things happen in Pittsburgh, it makes me even that much angrier. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to take every so often and it could be like, you know, just a quick, it's usually just a quick two day or three day trip somewhere that I can just not pretend like Pittsburgh doesn't exist for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to go to the woods. Um, I like to hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to be by the water. Those are the major things that I do for self-care. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleeping yes. is self-care. <laughs> yeah, that is the truth, right? <laughs> you know, when you, you think about like how unfortunate it is we have to sort of point that out to ourselves, it's sleeping is you, the minimum you yeah. should be able to do for yourself is get enough sleep. I think part of it too is this culture that we all exist in. It's like if you're not busy all of the time, yeah. if you're not doing it's all busy. of the time, there's yeah. something, you know, you're not doing you're enough. Lacking. You're yeah. not mm-hmm. as important. And that gets really old. It's like, yeah. what's wrong with not doing anything sometimes? Because right. when do you have a chance to reflect? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of what I see is nobody's reflecting and mm-hmm. everybody's just spewing things and they're not thinking before they engage in conversation. Yeah. What are some of the things that you, in, in as far as your healing work that you're doing, are, that are specific to Pittsburgh? I mean, I'd like to, to have a, a sense of Pittsburgh's, how we do, how we perform or how we you know, how good we are at intersectionality here versus the rest of the country. Can we, obviously we have work to do in across the board, but mm. what are some of the things maybe we're doing well and some of the things we should be doing better just as a community, as far as being inclusive and being intersectional and being intentional about it? Hmm. Or are we not doing any of that? Yeah, maybe we're not. And that's oh, okay. We're not <laughs> It's very hard for me right now. A lot of times I do get mm-hmm. pessimistic about Pittsburgh. Yeah, I um, understand that. But it's, um, what are we doing well? I think that there are uh, there is a core group of people that have been committed to shifting um, power structures in Pittsburgh and making it a more equitable Pittsburgh. I think that those people exist in Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, I think that uh, that we have a vibrant um, activist scene mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. 
Um, I think that one thing that's great about Pittsburgh is that generally we know each other or we know somebody that knows <laughs> The other person is a, (laughs) and that's a bad thing in some ways, but (laughs) in some ways, in some ways it can be a good thing because it it means that when we have to mobilize, Mm -hmm. we are, there are already relationships that are formed with people that we can trust, that we can then do things with. So I think that there are some really, um, there are some really good things about Pittsburgh in that way, um, Pittsburgh, as far as intersectionality, uh, I don't, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface Mm -hmm. of what it means to actually be in relationship with each other here. Mm -hmm. And that is really concerning Mm -hmm. to me because um, if Pittsburgh was intersectional, gentrification wouldn't look like it does. And if Pittsburgh was intersectional, then the conversations that we were having wouldn't always be one-on-ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the things, the thing that unnerves me about Pittsburgh is not that I'm having one-on-ones with people, but that I'm having one-on-ones with so-called pro- progressive folks. Mm-hmm. And that right there is like, uh, yeah. I'm uh, tired of having that same conversation. Yes. Can yeah. we, can, can we have this, con- can, 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 can also can people not rely on like my voice or right, the voices right. of other you know other black films or other um queer folks or other you know marginalized people to do that labor mm-hmm. of educating folks and it feels like you know it's a whole big internet world right yeah <laughs> it's right. a whole big google that's how i learned yeah. right you know i i didn't wake up and one day and was like, oh, I have all the answers. Yeah, I'm an intersectional <laughs> feminist, you know, <laughs> like I didn't wake up like that. Um, I use Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Have this show mis- is not sponsored by Google, but right. Google, if you're listening. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so, or whatever your preferred search engine is, right. but it's available. <laughs> Bing as well. <laughs> but that it's incumbent upon people to educate themselves. To exactly. Get and I don't see that happening. And what I do see happening is because and that's the flip side of Pittsburgh being insular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that we can always uh, go somewhere else to another circle and, and or we can always go back to our friends and say oh oh, oh she's just she's just an angry black woman mm. or you mm. know she's just I don't understand why she's even talking about this like this or like I got told recently oh she's violent and she's disgusting and she's vile you know um and 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 people really think that that is uh, appropriate because they're not educating themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're relying on certain people to educate them. And when those people do not meet their criteria mm-hmm. yeah. of how they should interact with the world, then those people are disposable. And that's not okay. Right. That's an interesting point because there's a level of like tone deafness. Right. Or yeah, you get to a point where I want to be involved, but then then I when hear something I don't like. And right. It makes suddenly you I, I can retreat. And right. Because like you said, it's an insular space. Yeah. And I'm, I'm somebody that's like, I feel like I'm learning all the time and growing all the time. And if once you hear something, do better than that. Right. You know, and there should be this level of 
okay, now you know better, you need to start doing better. Right. And that doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there's this like um this fear that if you listen to people that you haven't had to listen to, mm-hmm. that then you're you have to then you can't have your own mind, you can't have your own opinions, you can't have your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think that's the case. I mean, I again, you know, as a cis queer black woman, black woman, I have to listen to other people. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Like really, you do know? tell. <laughs> I, I have to I have to you know, I, I I have to understand where the intersections of my privilege are and um I have to be able to um engage with people in a way that I don't see a lot of folks doing and in Pittsburgh in particular. I I just want us to do better. I yeah. just want us to interact better with each other and also like so for instance, you know, as somebody who is not native, right? I don't have if I was going to school, I couldn't teach that course. I couldn't teach native studies. Mm-hmm. I couldn't you know, so there there's no way for me to enter that conversation as an expert, right? Mm-hmm. And I think similarly, people who are used to being the expert in a lot of ways mm-hmm. sort of folk at the idea of, hey, now I, I really have to sit down and be a student. Mm-hmm. I have to sit down and listen. Yeah. And, you know, I can be forming my own ideas and opinions, but I also have to really ground it in this understanding that this this aspect of reality I don't know anything about this. You know, this is not my reality. And I think that's scary for people. I think people want to want to have ally cards and cookies, mm-hmm. but also sit on sit on the ability to silence people whenever it gets uncomfortable. Right. right. And that that does you you can't have you can't have both. You can't straddle the fence. You know, we can argue, we can debate, you know, I might come away with something, but what can't happen is that you are not listening and consider yourself to be an ally. And I think that that happens a lot in Pittsburgh. That's a very fair statement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of your life, where, where do you place your hopes and dreams for yourself and what do you want to accomplish moving forward with sanctuary and just other aspects of being an artist what are, and troublemaker? <laughs> what does that look like for you moving forward? Um, with sanctuary, I just really want to create a beautiful space for black folks, mm-hmm. um, queer folks, trans folks, trans folks to come and chill and be and eat good food. And um, I also also am really invested in creating strategies in, of healing. Um, we have a healing artist residency um, that is coming up. Um, that we should be announcing very shortly who our first healing artist resident is. Um, I want to, with Sanctuary, I want to create an institute where the study of healing and healing as it pertains to Black people is a rigorous sort of researched and peer-reviewed mm-hmm. thing. Um, and because I, I, I believe that spirituality is a science 
And it's not just like this woo-woo, we just going to do whatever we want, <laughs> sort of, you know, let me burn the sage and then hit the spell. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I think that there are actual, um, there are things that we can learn and, 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 and teach each other about how healing works. And I think that black people and black women and black films who do so many, so much of the healing for black, for the black community, um, the black women in films who do so much of the healing for black, for the black community have actual strategies and techniques that need to be studied and understood, you know, because it's part of our survival and that more than our survival is part of our thrival. So that's my big dream. My big dream is that Institute. It's a healing Institute. For sanctuary, um, as far as a writing is concerned, and art is concerned, I want to keep making interactive ritual art, and I want to, um, I want to keep. Uh, right now, I'm reading a lot of Afro pessimistic work, uh, which is very like theoretical. And very, I'm not going to say theoretical. It's very academic, so it's very hard to get through. Mm. But sort of like taking that academic work and uh, making it accessible through poetry and other um, sort of and 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 other writings, essay writings, and whatever I choose to do. So yeah, those all sound like amazing goals. I love the idea of an institute. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I think that sounds amazing. Would this be something that you envision as? a Pittsburgh specific thing or something that you could duplicate or replicate in other parts of the country to say, look, this is something that is needed in the, the black community in the trans community. Uh, here's a way, here's sort of a template or a blueprint to sort of foster this in other communities. Um, I don't think it's necessarily Pittsburgh specific. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's only Pittsburgh specific in as much as I'm a Pittsburgh woman. I come from Pittsburgh, born and raised in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I've never lived outside of Pittsburgh thus far, hopefully not. But, um, <laughs> I haven't, you know, but so everything that I do is Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's necessarily can't be translated into other contexts. That's interesting. And then finally, if people want to support sanctuary, is there a place where they can give or donate or contribute to the space? Yes, you can donate at patreon.com backslash tabernacle. Now, that Patreon has not been updated, but I promise you all <laughs> that we have done so many things in between here and last February, which was the last update. Um, but yeah, does patreon.com backslash tabernacle and give as little as a dollar it goes towards scholarships um, and programming that we do at Sanctuary. Thank you so much, Joy, for being a part of the broadcast. We feel so honored to have you a part of it. And yeah. I really could just continue to listen to you talk all afternoon just because your voice is so soothing, too. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm like in a trance. I'm like, oh, just keep yep. going. <laughs> but we really appreciate yeah. you being here and sharing with us your thoughts on yeah. Pittsburgh and how we can try to make this community a better place for everyone that lives yeah. here. Thank you so much for time. Thank you.
This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.